this is Richard Russell, and welcome to Creativity and Composition. In my last podcast, I talked about respect for critics and how to read reviews, and I quoted from the New York Times a lot. Well, this isn't a review, but here's something else interesting from the paper. This is an article in the Metro section by Lily Coppell, and it's called Art Workshop Lesson Make Mistakes, in case you want to look it up online. It's in the June 13, 2006 paper. This article is about an artist and designer named Laurie Rosenwald, and she has a number of things to say about creativity, which at first glance can seem very contrary. She's trying to publish a book with a co-author, Norman Hathaway, and the book is going to be called How to Make Mistakes on Purpose. That's a good title, don't you think? Here are some of the things Ms. Rosenwald tells her students. Quick and sloppy. Quantity, not quality. Try to do a bad one. She thinks trying to be creative is deadly, and she points out you can't search for a surprise. You're only surprised if you make a mistake. Well, when I read this, of course, I thought immediately of how it relates to us as composers. I think many composers go about in the world thinking we are some sort of special breed of creator. Well, I guess I do a little bit too. But we don't have a corner on the creative market. Fine art painters, choreographers, sculptors, architects all have to wrestle with their creative demons from time to time. So I read these quotes by Laurie Rosenwald, and I immediately saw how they might apply to me as a composer. Let me read those again. Quick and sloppy. Quantity, not quality. Try to do a bad one. Trying to be creative is deadly. And you can't search for a surprise. You're only surprised when you make a mistake. This all seems very casual and offhand, doesn't it? It reminds me a little bit of something I talked about in a previous podcast, the one about the composer George Santakis and his approach to acting. By being relaxed and unstressed, he was all the more natural. More of himself would come through. This also reminded me of a recent personal story of my own. I've mentioned before in previous podcasts that I belong to a composer's group called the New York Composer Circle. This group had an interesting idea. We took a piano trio theme written by one of our founding members, and each of the composers was invited to write a variation. The idea was that we would string together all these variations and make a large magnum opus that reflected the different styles of all the group's members. It sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? There was only one problem as far as I was concerned. I couldn't make heads or tails of the theme. When you think of a theme, you think maybe 8 bars or maybe 16 at the most, with perhaps a very distinctive melody or something, you know, something really stripped bare so that the composer can impose all kinds of variation ideas upon it. Instead, this theme was 24 measures long, and although it's not strictly a 12-tone piece, it has something of the flavor of a 12-tone piece without too much of a tonal center. It starts with a cello solo, and a violin solo follows that, and then there's a piano solo. As far as the theme goes, all I could think of is that this piece was already fully written. There was just too much character in the theme itself, so how could I write a distinctive variation? So, for the longest time, I never did write a variation. I figured I would leave it to the others in the group to write variations. Something about this theme just didn't appeal to me. And then, many months later, the composer's circle decided to definitely program this piece on a concert, and I began to think to myself, oh, come on, 
I can write 30 or 40 seconds of music, can't I? I mean, I may not be nuts about the theme, but here's a chance to be publicly performed with a large audience, and if I can't write 30 or 40 seconds of music, how can I even call myself a composer? Well, you see what happened here is that I took Laurie Rosenwald's advice. I decided not to be afraid of making a mistake. I may not have liked the theme too much, but I gave myself permission to write a bad piece of music. As the artist said, try to do a bad one. Well, strange things began to happen. I wrote a variation that I immediately discarded, but by now I was intrigued in getting into it a bit. I wrote a second variation that again wasn't quite right, but it was close. I thought to myself, if I write a variation of my own variation, then that's still a variation of the theme, right? Well, I don't know if that's legit or not, but by now I was on a roll. I had mentally given myself permission to go wherever, whether it's good or bad, and when you are writing a piece that's only 40 seconds long, it's easy to write a lot. Finally, by the time I had written my fourth variation, I was satisfied. Here was a piece of music that I was terrifically proud of, and I called it Circle Variation Fourth, with the word fourth in parentheses. I sent it in to the performers, and we had an informal reading of all the variations. The composer of the theme was there, and she expressed great happiness at how I had managed to bring out so much from her original theme. Several other people were there at the reading who gave me really positive feedback also. But you know, I wasn't so happy that this piece that everyone liked so much and that I also liked so much was so short. So I took my variation and began to write a full-fledged concert piece out of it. And that piece became a piano trio, about seven and a half minutes long, which is called Spirals. By the way, if you want to see the original theme, it's not posted on my website, but email me if you'd like to have a look at it. My fourth variation is available on my website as a free download, and you can also listen to a recording of it. And there's also a small snippet of the longer piece, Spirals, for you to listen to there also. Anyway, there are many lessons here for us as composers. Quick and sloppy? Yes, I wrote four variations very quickly and very sloppy, except by the time I got to my fourth variation, I had been able to hone in on what was good and exciting about the piece, editing out the sloppy stuff. Quantity, not quality. If you write a whole bunch of music, something is bound to be good and hopefully of very high quality in there. Trying to be creative is deadly. Exactly. When I first encountered the theme and thought I had to be creative or original with it, I couldn't even get started. Tried to do a bad one. Again, perfect advice. I didn't like the theme very much, so I tried to write a bad variation, and another one, and another one, but by the time I wrote my fourth bad variation, I had actually done something I really liked. You can't search for a surprise, you're only surprised if you make a mistake. The big surprise for me in this process was how much I liked my own variation at long last, and how I decided to turn it into a much larger piece of music. So, thanks to these lessons from artist Laurie Rosenwald, who quite contrarily is on a mission to get people to stop trying to be creative. You can do an internet search for her and find lots of information on her, Laurie Rosenwald. And good luck to her in having her book published, How to Make Mistakes on Purpose. I'll certainly be on the lookout for that. Do you have a similar story or a similar style of book to recommend? Let me know. Head to my website, www.rdrussell.com, that's R-D-R-U-S-S-E-L-L.com, and click on my contact button to email me. You can also click on my compositions button to download some of the pieces I talked about in this podcast.
Until next time, this is Richard Russell with Creativity and Composition. And in the spirit of today's lesson, let me say, keep not creating. <laughs>